This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello, and welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, and welcome back to another episode of my podcast. I'm really pleased to have with me today, Glenn Brown is my guest. Glenn, why don't you introduce yourself to our listening audience? Hello, folks. My name is Glenn Brown. Um, I'm a Twin Cities native, specifically St. Paul. I was born and raised here. I uh, lived in St. Paul my entire life until just recently. I moved over to uh, Brooklyn Center. Um, I haven't had a great picture of what it looks like in that community yet due to COVID and things like that. But um, I've been working work customer service at MSP um, for five years. Um, I got a background. I got a blended background. I got a background in customer service. I got a background in education. I, haven't, I even have a background in factory work. Um, I come from a very hospitable family. And um, once I realized uh, the groundwork that was laid before me by my, by my elders, my great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother, it helped me come into um, who I actually am and the service that I provide. I'm a single dad. Um, I got seven kids right now. Um, I have a one-year-old at home with me, and I have a 15-year-old daughter. So my hands are full. They certainly are, Glenn. Th- thanks for that introduction. And for our listening audience, I just want to give some context of why I've invited Glenn to join me on this podcast. First of all, uh, he comes highly recommended from one of our previous podcast guests, Rick King, who is involved at Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport, as Glenn mentioned, as is Glenn. But more importantly, we've had a lot of people talking theoretically about customer experience and customer service. And I decided it was time to look to people that are actually delivering the experiences and and what's their uh, secret to doing such a great job with those experiences. And in the course of that discussion, Rick said, I know uh, this individual at Minneapolis-St. Paul International, I think you should talk to him. And so that's how Glenn and I got together. From a, from a broad-based standpoint, it's because we wanted to create uh, uh, a podcast that talks to people that are delivering the services and how they do it and, and, what, and, and how they got there, and, and also uh, take us away from the theoretical. So that's how we came together. So... Glenn, you, you touched on a little bit about your background. Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit more? You said education, customer service, great foundation from your family. What about a little bit more yeah. about your background and your career for our audience? Well, um, 
my great grandmother was from Alabama. She she moved here in the early 1910s. And uh, when she came up here, um, she brought along some of that famous Southern hospitality. And she rented out uh, a couple of rooms. She did laundry and cooked dinners for the community uh, just to make the ends meet. Nowadays, they call her an entrepreneur. But um, when I was when I was a kid, uh, she was in her 80s and I witnessed her work ethic. And um, so once I started working, I was raised to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, uh, do things uh, that needed to be done without having to be asked. I was treated to be, uh, I was raised to treat people with respect and dignity. Um, you may know it as the golden rule. So I started working at, a, at an early age, grocery stores, restaurants, fast food, et cetera, et cetera. But when I became a young man, I started working in, in education as a, as a behavior specialist. And um, now that I look back on my customer experience, my hospitality and my educational background, they all have in common uh, people. And I didn't know it when I was coming up, but I've, I've, I've learned that I have strong people skills and I, and I attribute that to the golden rule. I believe that uh, loving your neighbor as you love yourself and treating others like you want to be treated, I, I believe they still carry weight. Um, I believe that chivalry is still alive. Um, so honestly, I was uh, through the early part of the millennium, I was a, a stay-at-home father. And um, once I got back into the workforce, I, I, had to, I started over. I started out at TCF Bank Stadium. I was a food runner. And then I, I worked there for a couple of years and um, I decided to give MSP a try. And I, I, I wasn't I wasn't actually really sure that this is what I wanted to do. To be all in all in all transparency, I thought that if I worked at the airport, I would get get the, the flight benefit. I was wrong. But what I found was my first passenger that I was pushing in a wheelchair. I'm currently a wheelchair pusher and a cart driver for some of the airlines out there. And it was an older woman, and she said, uh, she was a Southern woman, and she said, Glenn, uh, has anyone ever told you how good you are at this job? Now, I didn't expect that. I was nervous. It was my first day on the job, and I said, no, ma'am. And she said, well, you're excellent. Now, listen, honey, if you ever find a job that you love, you never work a day at your life, a day in your life. And I kind of kept that in my pocket, because although I get the flight benefits, I found something more valuable. And that was uh, something that I'm good at, something that I love to do. And um, my philosophy is to um, make a, a positive deposit into everyone I come in contact with on the job and off the job, possibly to enhance their, enhance their life better than it was before I came on the scene. So it's like I, I do what I do at work. I get paid for it, but I enjoy what I'm doing. And that's a that's a really inspirational um, summary of your background. I, I have something in common with you. I have an educational background as well. And I've said the same thing all my life is that that educational background taught me how uh, to deal with people. And, you know, as an educator, sometimes you're dealing with fellow teachers or principals or superintendents or parents or children and so you get to really understand the different motivations of all the different types of people you work with. Um, you know, I just heard a quote that said, if you 
love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So, and it sounds like, like you're loving what you're doing. T tell our listening audience um, what a day is like uh, in, at work for you at MSP. Give us a flavor for uh, your encounters and what happens in a day when you, when you arrive at MSP. Okay, so I do a couple of different things at MSP. I work for a contractor there, and um, um, I push wheelchairs and I drive the cart, the electric cart, getting people from point A to point B there. But I also shine shoes a day or two a week there. And um, while one is shining shoes and the other is, is uh, getting getting passengers, uh, people are the, that are disabled or, or elderly from point A to point B, it's still the Still, a, still, it's still the same baseline. It's hospitality, it's customer mm -hmm. service. So, I engage. I'm a people person. Um, again, I'm, I'm, um, I realize this on the job as I start coming into myself, uh, generating awards and stuff like that. And um, people are trained to do this, but I believe that believability is essence and customer service. People can tell when you're just putting on or when you're actually authentic. So I engage. I introduce myself. I say, thank you for using the service. I explain what I'm getting ready to do. I, I explain whether um, what kind of service you're going to get. If I'm, if I'm taking care of your shoes, I'm going to tell you the process and explain to you the premium services protocol. If I'm giving you a ride, I'll also explain where you need to go and offer my services, extend my services to help you with your bags and also explain that premium services protocol. If uh, once I engage, the person is too busy, say they're on a business call or uh, say they're in a wheelchair or in a cart, they, they're, they're on a phone call with their family trying to find out where to get picked up, then I realize what I'm there for. And so, like I say, I come from a hospitable, a hospitable family. And I watched my, my grandmother serve others. So there's a time to talk and then there's a time to be quiet. And, and if that service, if the service requires being quiet at that time, then that's what you're going to get. I realized that uh, listening is more important than talking at the particular time. But if, if you, if you're, if you're, a, if you're a, a people person like I am, or you have the opportunity and we engage, then uh, it makes the time go by uh, a lot, a lot more pleasant and a lot more fast. Uh, and that's because uh, it's always an adventure whenever you're at the airport, you know? So uh, let's take, for instance, when, when, um, when COVID hit last year in March, we were closed. Our shoeshine stand was closed from March to about the first or second week in July. And um, when we got back on deck, there was still no travelers. You know, we're just, the airport is just now starting to get uh, a few more travelers than we had before. And what I still get a kick out of today is there will be uh, business travelers that will go flying past my stand and they'll see me out there peripheral and then they'll stop and they'll come back and say, hey, man, you guys are open. Can you do me in five minutes? I didn't know you were open. I, weren't, I wasn't prepared. You know, so that stuff kind of makes me smile because there's a, a, a genuine desire to get back into that routine and to kind of take your mind off the adventure that you're involved in as far as trying to find your gate or how far you got to walk to get to your gate or what time does the gate close or what time you get in, are you going to be able to go to sleep or do you got to get straight to work? So um, it all, it all, it all goes together. Mm -hmm. 
And listeners, you're listening to Glenn Brown, a customer service professional at Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport in the Twin Cities. Uh, Glenn, are there, you, you mentioned a couple of different experiences. Are there ones that come to your mind that are particularly memorable for you that impacted you in a particular way, perhaps a personal way that, that come to mind? Oh, absolutely. Well, geez, um, as soon as you asked me that couple, a couple actually popped in my mind. Yes. I think uh, the first, and I think it, the most impactful for me was, I uh, just about four years ago, I had a, a, um, a husband and a wife team. They were, I was meeting them on a United Gate. The husband was 92. The wife was 88. The wife was walking. The husband was in my wheelchair. They came in on E7 on the United Airlines. And they were in town to meet his sister, who he hadn't seen in, I think he said, about seven years. So they were coming in. And they said they wanted to wait on the, on the, um, in, on the econ course until his sister came off. And he said, I think she's coming in on E9. But he didn't know that he was already on E7. So their gates were right next to each other. Mm-hmm. So what I, what I did, what I said, that, I said, that sounds exciting. You know, I grew up with my sister. I remember uh, us, us spending a lot of time grounded together. You know, <laughs> we got really tight over those times uh, being in a room together for all of those hours. And, and uh, so they kind of laughed about that. And uh, I took him right next door. And when his, when his sister came off the jet bridge, and I, I believe she must have been 87, I'm guessing it was four years ago. But the look on their faces and the joy that they had um, by the surprise, she didn't expect to see her sibling and her, and her sister-in-law standing at the jet bridge meeting her. And it was, it was a picture-perfect moment. I think um, that, that made me realize that uh, part of my job is keeping families connected. You know, here's, I, like, I'm, I have a soft spot for, uh, for um, my elderly because I grew up with my great-grandmother. You know, she lived to be uh, 99. Her brother lived to be 100. And I can remember a Christmas where uh, I was responsible for wheeling my great-grandmother out the house and getting her into the car, getting her out of the car, taking her to his place one Christmas. So it, it kind of took me back to a time like that, except for I was at work and I got paid for it, but I, I didn't feel like I was at work. You know, I felt like I was a part of the family. Now, Glenn, you, second, you, you shared, before you go to the second one, you shared a little personal experience there about being grounded. Were you a little bit of a, a handful for your... Uh, grandmother and in, in, when you were growing up? Well, 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 my grandmother, you know, she was in her, she, my great grandmother, she was in her eighties. Uh, uh-huh. My sister, my sister was five and I was 10. So uh, yeah, we were a bit of a handful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead. Now you were going to share your second, uh, second thought about what a memorable experience. But I think, I think right up there next to that, it's not, it's not as, as uh, close to my heart, but it's, I'm a fan. I'm a football fan. And so we have, we hosted the Super Bowl in 2018 and um, it was the Patriots. You probably remember the Patriots and the Eagles. And there was a lot of green and silver and a lot of red, white, and blue around, around MSP at that time. But I happened to be at American gate and I seen an, an older guy couldn't make out his face, but he had on Brown's gear. And I was just wondering to myself, like, you know, who in the world would be crazy enough to wear Brown's gear 
to a Patriots and Eagles Super Bowl. So I decided to go investigate and I get up closer and lo and behold, it's Jim Brown. The Jim Brown, uh, Hall of Fame running back for for uh, the Cleveland Browns and uh, actor and civil rights worker. I'm a big fan of this, but I introduced myself to him. I said, uh, Mr. Brown, my name is Glenn Brown. You know, I had my wheelchair with him. And I offered him a ride. I said, I'll take you anywhere in the airport you want to go. He's 84 years old now, by the way. Is he but, really? Uh, wow. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but but uh, pride pride is a, is a very tough thing to let go of. You know, people still want to keep their, in, in their, uh, their dignity. And I'm sure Jim Brown didn't want people to see him in a wheelchair. He was with a very beautiful woman. She was a lot younger. Matter of fact, she was about 40. And he, he said, no, I don't want the ride. He shot me down flat. And I said, okay, so it was nice to meet you. And then, then the lady next to him goes, oh, oh, Jim, look, here's a ride. Here's a ride for you. And he kind of gave her a, a, you know, he side-eyed her. He looked her, looked at her kind of like a little mean, like, didn't you just hear me tell the man I don't want a ride? And then he says, well, no, I'm okay. I don't want the ride. And then she goes, Jim, sit down. And at, at that point, that's when I realized that that was no assistant. That was his wife. <laughs> 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 so yeah jim brown he had a seat and um yeah i got him down to the gate and uh yeah, that was a great experience he gave me an autograph got me a picture he even tipped me so um that was a fun moment we had we had a fun time you know when we hosted the super bowl there those are two great uh stories to share with our audience of the encounters that you have every day and and Glenn, I'm impressed by your, um, your ability to kind of sense the situation. I, I remember some time ago working with a client and they were trying to convey that very same thing to their customer service people that you can't just use a script. You have to sense the situation. I think you said no one to listen and no one to talk. And that seems to be difficult to to train, if you will, or to instill. I mean, you've acquired that, it sounds like, through your life experiences, but, but how do you convey that to somebody that might be new and saying, you know, you know, you got to know when to listen and when to talk? Any thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, I'll go back to, I'll go back to the lady who told me, uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you find a job you love, you never, you never work a day in your life. Uh, for me, that's foundational information. And I say that because um, I understand that, uh, you know, starting over is difficult. And when you're in between jobs, you just want to get food on the table and take care of your family. So you, you're liable to say anything at the interview. And, uh, you know, um, that's not really a good mix. I know that from uh, experience. You wind, in at a wind up at a job that you're really not too fond of. And if you're at a job, that you really don't like, you don't do a good job. So you have to be honest with yourself. First of all, if you're not a, if you're not a people person, if you're genuinely not a people person, then it's, then it's just not a job that you want to have. Authenticity is, is key in customer service. Uh, believability, it goes a long way. You know, I believe that positive energy is attractive. And if, if, um, if I go to a restaurant and I feel that my, my, uh, my server, they're just patronizing me then I could sense it, you know, mm -hmm. um, I, I had, I've had a, I've had not so good experiences, um, being on the other end of the customer service. Even in fact, um, 
you know, I would I would even go so far to say that there are some TSA agents that that are there. They don't realize it, but they're in customer service. They deal with a lot of people. You have to be flexible. Um, and you have to realize that you're dealing with people. These aren't just numbers. You know, they're not just headaches. They're actually people. And they're you got to think about what they're traveling for. They're they're possibly going on vacation. They're possibly coming from vacation. They may be going to bury a loved one. They may be going to a wedding. It could be anything. So um, being aware of what you're you're involved in. So in in terms of of training someone, I would I would reiterate you have to be genuine in what you're doing, um, knowing that you're dealing with people. So I had an experience. I'll tell you, I was going through uh, TSA, and I had a passenger with me. And um, they normally, you know, we don't get past, we don't get passes. We have to go through the metal detector and get, and get checked and everything too. And normally when they run a chemical test on the wheelchair, the machine beeps and, and you're done. You go about your way. And I asked the guy, was he done? And he grabs my wheelchair and um, he says, well, just a minute here. I'm doing, still doing my thing. And I said, oh, sorry. It looks like you're doing my thing. And then now this happened all right in front of my passenger and he he called me out of my name and he kind of just pushed the wheelchair very rudely to me and I was embarrassed and my my passenger was appalled and I just walked up to him in a very soft voice and I said, Listen, sir, uh there's eighteen thousand jobs at this airport. You know, if you don't like this one, you can always apply for another one. And that was it. Well again, like I say, um when you're at an interview and you're desperate, you're liable to say anything that interview. But I'm saying all that to say to support what I'm saying about being genuine with yourself about what you're involved in, because it's going to come out on the person that you're serving. That's and it really hope. starts there, right, Glenn? If you're not if you're not enjoying what you're doing, I mean, there's a lot of talk about, you know, remember years ago, we used to say happy employees equal happy customers. But it's yeah. so much more than that. Right. You talked about being genuine and authentic. I mean, those are skills and qualities that are, you have to have to be in the people business, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So true. So, in in terms of in terms of the training, I think I would they would go along with with uh, the authenticity of, and being genuine. I would say to consider other people more than yourself. Really look at this. Like I say, I have I have a person. Uh, they're in a wheelchair. Well. That's a clear picture right there that this person may not be having the best day. What could your smile mean to them? What could your genuine greeting mean to that person? You know, I'll refer back to my great grandmother. You know, she lived to be 99 and she wasn't always cheery. Sometimes she was just crabby. She was crabby because she, you know, she lost a lot of her friends and family and then she was also in a wheelchair. So I remember that stuff. So mm-hmm. I try to consider that. I try to consider uh, the fact that this person doesn't know where they're going in the airport. There may be some stress. So, you know, kind of putting myself in the other person's shoes. I think that I think that goes a long way. So um, I've heard someone say that a man was a man or a person with friends must show himself friendly. You know, and if they don't if they don't respond back and friendly. Maybe they're just too busy or they're just in another place. So then it's time to just be quiet. Maybe they don't want to hear any talking. Maybe they've been on a long trip and they just want to relax. 
and that's okay. That's all part of customer service. So true, Glenn. You probably have touched on this already, but I'm guessing you encounter some maybe not so friendly customers from time to time. Do you do anything differently? Do you adjust your style at all? How do you how do you handle the the perhaps what we would call a difficult customer? Okay, so at this at this point in my career, it's I'm kind of instinctive. But if I could remember back earlier, maybe some years, um, listening, uh, body language. They say that body language is what eighty percent of communication. So uh, I'm not sure about that number, so don't quote me, but I know that's a high percentage of communication. You probably know better than I do, but you could tell by the way that someone is seated or if you're listening, by the look on their face that they're bent out of shape. So um, I'll go to shoe shining. Uh, when, someone, when someone sits in my chair, um, if they're bent out of shape, I, I, I greet everyone to say, you know, thank you for stopping. So I appreciate you taking some time to get a shine. My name is Glenn Brown, and uh, here at this particular stand, uh, Premium Services Protocol. Oh, great. Thank you. That's, I mean, that's great. I'm glad I'm here as well. Is everything going according to plans today? That's a, that's a key question. Is everything going according to plans so far today? And they'll, they'll, they'll tell you, you know, and I've had guys say, no, you know, I had two cancellations. I've been traveling for 12 hours and you know, really, really bent out of shape. And I say, well, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm sorry that you're experiencing that. It sounds like the downside of the adventure. They, they talk about being on the airport. I'm going to do everything I can to turn that around for you. I'm going to start by, uh, I'm going to touch your feet. I'm going to give you a quality shine with less time. And while my hands are on their feet, I'll crack a joke and say that includes a foot rub. Now, if they're really upset, and I have, I've had people really upset, say, hey, man, don't be touching my feet. You know, there's uh-huh. just so much out of it that they're forgetting that I'm a shoe shiner. I have to touch this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and if that's the case, if that's the case, then I'll say apologies, sir. It was a joke, but I'll have you out of the seat in less than 10 minutes. And that, you know, I have to let them go about the way. But more times than not, that joke cracks people up and it turns it around. And mm-hmm. it says, uh, They'll say, I'm glad you're here, like especially now during COVID, they'll say, I'm glad you're still working. I haven't found a shoe shiner in, 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 in three months, six months or whatever. And um, I'm glad you're here. I get to take some time off. And I said, it sounds to me like you're making lemonade. And we'll go from there. It's amazing, isn't it, Glenn, what a little bit of humor will do to ease the tension and, and have somebody kind of you know, remind themselves what they're doing and, and where they're at and, and that it's not as bad as they think it is. And a little humor from you kind of eases that tension. You know, I, I, um, I had that experience yesterday. You know, my, my, my daughter, my daughter and my, my, third, my third son, they're going on vacation with my, with my family. They're supposed to be traveling with my god sister. And, um, well, I got my son to his flight, but my daughter, she missed her flight. She's 15. She's never flown by herself before. And um, the gate, the ticketing agent, she was just, she wasn't, she wasn't very hospitable. And I was trying to explain to her how nervous I was about my daughter flying alone. And there just wasn't any, 
camaraderie there. You know, we just we just couldn't make that niche. There was no empathy on our part. And I was I was thinking about what it's like on the other side of receiving the service. Now she did give us she did get us on the flight on the next flight, which I was grateful for. But a friend of mine, uh, <laughs> he always jokes and says that um, you you have a high expectation for customer service because of the service that you delivered. <laughs> and I just noticed when I was talking to this lady yesterday that she was just doing a job. And so, you know, my daughter was crying and everything. And I would have expected her to say, oh, honey, I've seen this before. It'll be okay. Right. Whatever. But it just it just shows me that everybody doesn't look at customer service as customer service. In fact, I'll even say that I think that um, the term customer service is thrown around so much that it, it, it goes easily. It gets easily overlooked by the customer and by the person that's actually doing the job. And that's what I love about um, MS, MS, MSP. It's, it's considered to be the customer experience. And um, Phil Burke. Uh, one of the guys who, who's in charge of the customer service action talks about this says that uh, Glenn, you guys that are delivering the customer experience are are key to what we want to do here at MSP. And uh, since I've had that conversation with him, it's got me to look at look at the customer experience and and every aspect of where I'm at, not just that MSP. It it is kind of contagious, isn't it? When you're in the business of customer experience, you you ex, you have higher expectations for when you're being on, on the receiving end rather than on the giving end. It, it's it's so true. Um, listeners, you've been uh, listening to Glenn Brown and uh, his very inspirational words about delivering a great customer experience. Glenn, before we adjourn our podcast, any final words of wisdom or advice for either people considering getting into the business of customer experience uh, or in it today, any, any final thoughts or words of wisdom? I always like to ask my, my guests that, that final question. I, and I'm sorry for cutting you off. I'm just so excited to answer this question. Yeah. Um, I, I would say to remember that the golden rule still works, you know, treating people mm-hmm. how, how you want to be treated or you're loving your neighbor as yourself or however you see it or, you know, seeing your customers as someone you love dearly, you know, I think that goes a long way. Um, I have a colleague who told me, um, this was early, early in the pandemic. She said, Glenn, it's time to change, adapt, and persevere. And I took that and I, and I, uh, and I put it in my pocket. It's all about my lesson and flexibility because once you're, when you're involved in customer experience, uh, you're definitely, you definitely have to be flexible. Um, one of my pastors uh, for some years ago, she used to always say, uh, blessed is he who remains flexible for he shall not be bent out of shape. And uh, I, I try to remember that as often as I can on a daily basis. But uh, my other, my, my colleague that I had made mention to before her, she also said, one never knows where you end up on, on, uh, on a daily adventure. So when I, when I started out here uh, at MSP five years ago, I was, I was down on my luck. Uh, like I say, just looking to get, to get flight benefits. I never would have imagined uh, receiving 11 uh, MSP nice awards for great customer service. And I definitely would not have imagined meeting uh, 
two great people in my lives that have introduced me into a whole nother line of work, give me the chance to go to Minnesota Public Radio and do voice work or go over to Egan Television and and uh, record my voice on the intro for Access to Democracy and even here doing this podcast. So um, I suppose uh, once you throw yourself all into something, uh, the possibilities are limitless to where they'll take you. Uh, Those are great words to to end our podcast, Glenn. And to my listeners, read all the books you want about how to deliver a great customer experience. But I'd say listening to Glenn Brown, customer experience professional at Minneapolis-St. Paul International gives you all you need for how to deliver better experiences with uh, his great words of wisdom for us as well. And I'd be Remiss if I didn't say that as we're recording this, Glenn mentioned he's from Brooklyn Center and that that city and Minneapolis-St. Paul in general has been going through a very difficult time. This uh, podcast will be released uh, probably a number of weeks after uh, it was actually recorded, but um, Glenn's mention of the Golden Rule certainly uh, is applicable as the Twin Cities navigates its way through this difficult time. So we appreciate Glenn's participation. And listeners, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your network and stay tuned for more episodes of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, bidding you goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, Follow me on LinkedIn and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit CXofM.org for more resources.